This is more than therapy podcast. More than therapy. This is more than therapy. More than therapy podcast. This is more than therapy. More than therapy podcast. This is more than therapy podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of More Than Therapy. Today's guest, Lion Goodman, who's going to talk to us about change your mind, change your beliefs, and therefore have better outcomes in your life. Lion Goodman is a transformative coach, author, healer, and teacher. And at the age of 26, Lion was shot in the head four times. This near-death experience kick-started his five decades of research into the nature of consciousness, developmental psychology, spirituality, and healing. And looking at this man, you would never know that the journey has been that long. (laughs) He created a clear beliefs method of trauma-informed therapeutic coaching, which he has taught to more than 500 coaches, healers, and therapists around the world. His training is accredited by both the International Coaching Federation and Association for Coaching. Today, we talk with Lion Goodman about beliefs. When you change your mind, you change your outcome, sir. 26, shot in the head four times. There's many avenues of where you could have went with that. You could have decided that that was an end point of your life in which you would have went into a dark place, you know, a a place of pain. But you used it as a seed of empowerment to be better yourself and to be better for others, empowering them to be better. Please, sir, tell us about this journey. Oh, thank you, Philippe. It's great to be here. Really appreciate being here with you. Uh, so 26 years old, I'm out of college. I got my degree in consciousness studies and uh, no one was hiring people with degrees in consciousness studies. So I was kind of at a loss. So I started my own business. I started selling things on the road and uh, I had grown up in a in a retail store that my dad owned. So I knew about selling. So I went out and sold stuff. And uh, I, as I traveled around the, the southwest of the, of the country, I would stop and help people because I was a nice guy. And if they had a car broken down, I'd stop and help them. And on my way from Las Vegas to L.A. through the Mojave Desert, I found this guy whose car had broken down and his hood was up and he was kind of staring into the engine. And so I pulled over and I said, do you need some help? Because it was about 110 degrees out there. And uh, he said, yeah, my car died and I I put just put 200 bucks into her and, and she's dead and I, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, I'm heading into L.A. Do you want to ride? And he looked at me kind of funny and uh, he said, yeah, sure. And so we went to his car and he brought, you know, a couple duffel bags and some boxes and stuff that he had had in his car. And he put them in my van. I was driving this big extended van that was kind of like an RV. And uh, so, you know, he's we started driving and he was a little weird, but I, you know, I, I handled the weird. I was kind of weird myself. So, so that worked out. Uh, and, um, we, uh, he became, uh, kind of a friend, not a, really a friend, but kind of a, uh, a mentee, you know, today we'd call him a, a coaching client or a mentee. And, uh, I, I was helping him along and he, he ended up traveling with me for three days and I grew to trust him. I'd send him on errands with my van to fill up with gas or get it washed. And I would go into stores and try to sell my wares. And, uh, the third night out, we were camped out, uh, at Pudding Stone Reservoir, east of, uh, east of LA. And um, 
I was, he was in the front listening to music. I was in the back moving stuff around because it was a very crowded van and I was trying to get more room. And there was this explosion and something hit me in the head. And I, I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe the gas stove had exploded. I look up and the gas stove was fine. I looked to my left and there he was with a gun pointed at my head. And I realized he had shot me. And uh, that was a bit of a wake up call. Uh, as many of us have had different kinds of wake up calls. Apparently I need big hits over the head to uh, wake up. And uh, I said, uh, are you shooting at me? I was like completely confused. And he, and he, he shot again. And I realized he wasn't just warning me, he was going to kill me. And so I had been studying different psychological and spiritual things, but this, I'd never been in this situation before. And I realized that if I'm going to die, and I had no way of defending myself, I didn't want to die angry or upset. I wanted to die in peace. So I began forgiving everyone that had ever hurt me and asking for forgiveness uh, to those who I had hurt. And uh, and I was just in this kind of bliss state. I, I was like, okay, I'm going home to God, so might as well be at peace and love. And so I became like the shining light of love and peace. And he shot again. And uh, the second and third bullets missed me by inches. And uh, by this time, I knew I was going to die. So I was floating outside my body and looking down at my body going, that's very interesting. And uh, and feeling like I was expanded in space and time. And I could see in the future this bullet coming and hit, hitting me in the head and, and uh, taking me out. And the fourth bullet, he shot again the fourth time. And my head was pushed over to the right and blood was pouring down. But suddenly I was back in my body. And I didn't understand that. I was supposed to be out of my body, you know. And so um, uh, I, I was sitting there feeling like, I'm, I'm, why am I back in my body? And I felt intact. I wasn't missing anything. And I knew, that, I knew enough about the brain. I'd studied it, that something ought to be missing. And so I said, well, if I'm going to die, I might as well look my assassin in the eyes. And so I picked up my head and I turned to my left and I looked at him and he freaked out. And he said, why aren't you dead, man? You're supposed to be dead. And uh, I didn't know the answer to that question. So I just said, here, here I am. And he said, I shot you four times, man. You should be dead. Why aren't you dead? And I said, well, maybe I'm not supposed to die. And he said, yeah, but I shot you. I shot you four times. And uh, this started an eight-hour conversation uh, that I had because I knew that if I could stay calm, he was all adrenalated, of course, and looking outside, and we were out in the middle of nowhere. Nobody would have heard the shots. Um, but I, I, over a period of time, I gained his trust. I calmed him down, and we started negotiating. I'm shortening the story. This took eight hours, but <laughs> very briefly, uh, we started negotiating and I, I asked him for his story. I wanted to understand why he had decided to do that. And he told his story of growing up in poverty and being beaten up by his father and the, the long tale of, of, of poverty living and that he had become desperate. And he decided to shoot the next person that stopped to help him and kill them and take their stuff. And that I volunteered. So uh, that was that was how that happened. Um, and eventually we came to an agreement that uh, that I would not turn him in because that was, he was afraid that I was going to turn him in. He'd go back to jail. I found out he'd been in jail before. And uh, and and I agreed to not turn him in. And he agreed to never do anything like that again. And so we parted and I drove myself to the hospital and two bullets had grazed my skull and uh, um, instead of going through it. So that's how I survived that experience. 
They say things happen because it's supposed to happen. Sometimes the thing isn't for you, it's for someone else. And I think at that time, that particular tragedy was for you as well as it was for him. You gave him grace. You gave him, you know what I'm saying, love by, you know, releasing him from the confines of possibly long-term confinement. What they say is rehabilitation, but we in America know they don't get rehabilitated by any means, in most cases anyway. He was he was clearly transformed by the experience. And at one yes. point, one point he he kind of held the gun out to me and he said, "What would you do if I gave you this gun?" And I said, "I'd throw it into the water over there." And he said, "You wouldn't you wouldn't shoot me? You wouldn't try to kill me?" I said, "No. Why would I do that? I've got my life. You've got yours." And he looked at me and he said, "Man, you are the weirdest person I've ever met." <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, probably the weirdest you'll ever meet." You know? <laughs> so, and I, I've told this story many times, and, and including at San Quentin Prison, where I've I've taught many times, and uh, the, the the convicts are always like, "Oh my God, if that had happened to me, it would be that would be a different life." So yeah, it's it's a it's an important story. It's been published widely, and a film has been made about it. So people, a film, yeah, a film. People can uh, watch a film on my website, uh, lyongoodman.com. And uh, it was, a, it was one of the best film award at a film festival. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Didn't see that That's in the bio. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. I can see that being an amazing story. One of those like lifetime stories or one of those, yeah. whatever that religion channel is, where they show like how people change their lives because of an event. That's almost like, if you think about it, in a new age Bible, that could be a story in a new age Bible, like a parable that teaches about forgiveness and the power of forgiveness. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. Beautiful yeah. story. And so that, that was, uh, I had been studying, as I said, psychology, spirituality, religions, many different things up until that point, I was 26 years old. Um, mm-hmm. But this was the Kickstarter. It said, okay, you've, you've been, you almost died. You could have died. You didn't die. So Let's get with it. Like, get moving. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I became a very serious student of, of everything I could read and yes. learn and take workshops on about psychology, human development, and consciousness. What have you learned about the subconscious mind that our listeners can benefit from? Well, my specialty is beliefs. Uh, and when I talk about beliefs, most people think of an idea in your head that keeps repeating over and over or something you're committed to an idea you're committed to. And that's a mental aspect of beliefs. But what I discovered is that beliefs are much deeper and much more profound. They're actually the infrastructure of the human mind. So uh, a friend of mine, Jeremy Lent calls that uh, the patterning instinct babies come out of the womb and start looking for patterns and identifying patterns in their experience, uh, this face comes close and I feel warm and cuddly and I get fed. You know, that face comes close and there's a cold prickly feeling. Uh, so they're putting together the patterns that will then allow them to survive. And that's the purpose of the system. And it's in animals, too, that they have built in instincts. We have a few of them. Uh, but we learn from identifying patterns and using them to change our behavior and to figure out how to survive in the world. So the belief is kind of the element, the Lego block that's used to build a mind. And uh, we don't have words for the first two years of life. So those building blocks are made of experience. They're not made of words yet. Now, as we learn language, they start getting put into words. But they're actually experiences and an experience is multidimensional. It has 
all the five senses. It has the intuitive senses. It has our energy level and our environment, the people around us, our social self, our, our environmental self. And so because it has all those dimensions as experience, our beliefs are made of those experiences. So our beliefs are also multidimensional. Now, when people talk about changing beliefs, they usually talk about changing the mental model that you're using. Like, I'm a bad person. Now I want to change it to I'm a good person. It's a good idea. But the problem is, is that the I'm a bad person is so deep in the subconscious and it is multidimensional that you have to clear it multidimensionally. You can't just clear it from the mind. You can't just clear it from the emotion. You can't just clear it physically. You can't just clear it uh, energetically, right? So um, so my techniques, what I learned is, is to bring these techniques together and to create a multidimensional process that can actually go right down to the core of that emotional memory and work with that directly. And we're able to clear those old emotional belief structures in 20 minutes to 60 minutes and they're gone and they're, it's permanent and they don't come back. I've worked with clients in the past and presently that, you know, they have core values or core beliefs that are so embedded in them that you can't get past healing the mental health issues or treating the mental health issues because they don't believe that they can manifest that reality based on that core belief. To be honest, I, in some ways, I think I'm guilty of it. I always, I used to tell myself, Oh, I won't be able to pass the exam, like for licensures or certifications and stuff. Like, oh, I always have this test anxiety. I wouldn't take it. I'll put off, I'll procrastinate, I'll put off, I'll put off, I'll put off until I couldn't put off no more. And then I would take the exam and pass it. <laughs> um, Proving the belief wrong. <laughs> right, right. Or when I told myself I could not drive manual transmission until I could, because, you know, I told myself I couldn't. I repeatedly told myself I couldn't believe wholeheartedly that I could not until proven otherwise. In your experience, right? So the proof was in the experience. Right. It wasn't just the mental process. The, the, here's the problem with any kind of affirmation or positive statement. Whenever we say an affirmation or positive statement to ourselves, the idea is that if you say it enough times, it will eventually change the subconscious, but it doesn't. What happens is as soon as you say, I'm a good person, the subconscious mind reacts to that statement and goes, no, you're not. You've been told you're a piece of crap from the time you were a kid. And they it proved to you by beating you. So you know it's not true. That's BS. And so the you're just stimulating the old negative beliefs with that new positive belief. And that's why affirmations don't work. And that's why a lot of talk therapy doesn't work. It's just it's not getting deep enough into the subconscious mind to clear it out. If you clear the negative belief first, then you can plant the positive belief. But if there's any negative belief left, it's going to just fight with the positive belief. It's going to create a tug of war inside yourself. Great point. When I was a child, <laughs> my grand in the summers, I would go to my grandmother's house and she would work out part time of the day for summer school. She worked in the um, cafeteria. So, um, television show, Wheel of Fortune. No, it wasn't Wheel of Fortune. Jeopardy. Jeopardy came on twice in this time period. It would come on in the morning, and that same broadcast would come on in the evening. So I would see the morning one. She wouldn't see the one until the evening. 
I would know the answers from watching the morning one. She did. She didn't know I would know the answers because she didn't think I would watch that that time of day if I'm gonna watch it again. Always popping with the right answers. Jeopardy this, like bam, 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 bam. She thought I was the smartest thing since I don't know Einstein. Never, never know. I never told her that you know I was cheating. That I was. <laughs> now my aunts and uncles are gonna probably look at this broadcast and be like Felipe, damn. <laughs> So, so here's, a, here's a question, Felipe. Did you did you form the conclusion that you were a cheater? That's what I wanted to get to. Not only that, I formed the conclusion that I wasn't smart because I cheated. Right. So you can tell me how many times you want to. Oh, you're smart. Oh, you're intelligent. Oh, you're this and you're that. But I didn't believe it because I knew I took a shortcut to making you believe that. Yeah. And so you you formed a number of beliefs. One is I can manipulate people, right? Two is I'm not smart. Three is I'm a cheater. Each of these were experiential conclusions you came to from this situation. Now, in my methodology, we'd go right back to that time and place and work with the experience that you had then and the conclusions you came to, because it's possible to change those conclusions at the subconscious level. And so that's what is kind of magic about my process. Now I've studied for 45 years trying to figure this stuff out, but the synthesis is, is that I brought together the methods that work to really shift that experiential memory. Mm -hmm. uh, in psychology, it's called memory reconsolidation. That's what they call this process we're doing, which is going in and undoing the old memory, changing it and redoing it as a new memory. And once you do that, you're operating off of the new belief, a different belief, a belief that, you're a perfectly wonderful child and you've you played a trick and that the trick worked and it didn't make you a bad person and it was fun. And and that's what kids do is they have fun and play tricks. So then it's a different context, right? The whole the context is the belief that holds you as good or bad or right or wrong or just a human being. Can you describe beliefs in terms of how they were initially developed as a child? Yes. As I, as I said, we have all kinds of experiences. Now, some of those experiences, we make conclusions ourselves. I'm a good person. I'm a bad person. I'm, I'm, I don't have any money. We don't have any money. We're in poverty. We're not as good as the other people. Those are from experiences. But then we also get indoctrinated. So your, your mother says, what's wrong with you? You never do anything right. Or your father says, uh, you know, you, you're a waste of air. You shouldn't even be here. We didn't want you in the first place. Those are indoctrinated beliefs. And because we're on record mode for the first four to six or seven years of our life, we take it in, especially because an authority says so. And we believe it because they said so. And they're God and goddess in our universe because they gave birth to me. So they must be. Um, and so we take those in and they go right into the subconscious mind and start operating. Now, once you have a belief, the belief operates as a filter on the world. So you start looking through the belief like sunglasses. And if, if the belief is um, I'm not worth anything, I'm worthless. What you look at, you look around through that belief and you see people who don't think you're worth anything. Now, it filters out all the people who love you and think you're worth a lot. So beliefs are always self-verifying. They always come back through our senses and get verified because that's what we're looking for is evidence that it's true. And this is another issue about beliefs. Beliefs are like 
little micro machines that are creating a particular reality. And, uh, and I'll ask you and, and your guests to, uh, to try something on. So what's one of the beliefs you carried from childhood? Just pick one of them that we talked about. Felipe, I was asking you, <laughs> would you share one of the beliefs that, that you mentioned from childhood? Indeed. <laughs> What's one of the beliefs that you, you talked about from childhood that, you, that, that bothered you for, throughout your life? That I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't smart enough, that um, I would not be accepted, that I um, didn't belong. Um, okay, good. Let's let's pick one of those. Which one has the most charge for you, even now as an adult? I'm not supposed to be here. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. All right. So close your eyes for a moment. Now I'll ask uh, all of the audience members to pick a belief that they have. Um, but try this one on. So um, feel what it feels like to hold the belief. I don't. How did you say it? I'm I don't, not supposed to be I'm here. I'm not supposed to be here. And just feel what it feels like to have that belief. And I invite the audience to do the same thing. Feel I'm not supposed to be here. And how does that feel in your body, Felipe? It feels uncomfortable. It feels negative. It feels like it's holding me back, dragging me back, mm -hmm. almost like it has its arms around me, but not in a, a soft embrace, more of a, a grimace embrace that, you know, is harming me. Yeah. It's not helpful at all. Right. So so now imagine that that's a set of clothes that you tried on at, at the department store, and mm -hmm. it makes you feel this way. Mm -hmm. And now just take those clothes off, get them off you, pull them off and, and throw them on the floor. It's a lot of clothes. <laughs> it's that triple goose hoodie. <laughs> hoodie with a big hook in the back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like Hellraiser over here. Yeah. Okay, good. And now I want you to try on a different belief. Try on mm -hmm. the belief, I am a sacred and worthy being. Mm. Say it out loud. I'm a sacred and worthy being. I'm a sacred and worthy me. And I invite all of our audience members to do the same. Try that belief on and see what it feels like. So how does that feel in your body, Felipe? Well, to be honest, Lion, I could say it a thousand times. I'm not necessarily going to adhere to it because I don't necessarily believe it. Okay. Yeah. Um, would you be willing to uh, try an experiment? Mm -hmm. Okay. Believe it 100% just for a minute. Okay. And see what it feels like if you believed it 100%. What would it feel like if you believed it 100%? Mm. If I believed it 100%, there'll be no limit to what I could accomplish. Everything that I want to manifest, everything that I want to do and how to go about doing it would be done with no barriers, with no inclination of what I think people will think about the process or those that I think will block me from the process. It would be very freeing, very opening. It would be very lightning, taking a great weight off my shoulder. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. So this is an example of how our beliefs create certain feelings in our body, right? They're sensations and feelings. So 
the I don't belong here, I don't, I'm not supposed to be here, pulls you back away from the world, right? I'm not supposed to be here, so I should be elsewhere. I'm going to go else, somewhere else, right? Um, and this belief created that feeling of openness and lightning. So uh, one of the techniques we use is we have a person say the positive belief and then listen to their mind and listen to the counter beliefs that come up. Oh, you know, you're not supposed to be here. There's something wrong with you. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. And then we work on those beliefs one by one and clear them from the subconscious mind until there's nothing left, no resistance to that belief. And then we plant that new belief. It's kind of like planting a garden mm -hmm. where if you're going to start a new garden, the first thing you do is take the rocks and weeds out of the soil. Because if you threw seeds on rocky, weedy ground, you wouldn't get much. But if you clear the soil first, clear everything out, you amend the soil, and then you plant your seeds, then they can grow and blossom. And the same is true with beliefs. So if we were able to clear all those negative beliefs first, then when we planted that new belief, because you decided you wanted it, mm -hmm. then it would grow and blossom and you'd be living through that belief. Okay. I can dig it. Okay. You wrote a book about manifestation and creating on purpose. How do beliefs play into the concept of manifestation? Well, they're crucial, first of all. <laughs> Our beliefs are what limit us. We call them limiting beliefs, but all beliefs are actually limiting because we take the whole universe and we put it in a little package and we say, that's what that is. So we look at an animal that's furry and has four legs and a tail, and we say, that's a dog. Now, as soon as we say that's a dog, we've taken the animal, the creature, the being, and we've abstracted it into a word. And that word is then we don't have to pay attention to it. Oh, it's just a dog. But what if we didn't have that word? What if we had to look at the animal with our full perception and see who it is as a being? That would be a whole different matter, right? So in the concept of manifestation is that we take an idea and we bring it down into the world. And ideas come from somewhere else, the higher realms, right? You get a good idea and then you have to, you have to visualize it. And then you have to talk about it with other people and get other people involved. You have to feel the love of the idea in your heart and you have to get into relationships with other people. And then you have to start moving the world. You have to start taking action and doing things in the world. And then you have to handle the blocks that come up because blocks always come up when you're trying to create something new. And then if you keep doing that, if you keep handling the blocks and, and pushing forward with your idea, eventually you'll be taking step by step by step to create your vision or your idea. So beliefs can interfere with any of those processes. So if you have the belief that I'm no good and you write a book and you believe you're no good, it's not going to go very far because you're not going to market it because you know it's going to get rejected. right? Or let's say you write the book and you want to send it to a publisher, but publishers are going to reject you. So you don't send it out or you get a couple of rejection letters and you give up on your project. Or let's say the, the, the uh, publisher says, yeah, we want your book. Get all excited. But they say, well, but it has to be really edited a lot. Now that if you have a belief that, that you're no good, you're going to just give up at some point. Um, that happened to me, actually. I wrote, a book, uh, I wrote a book proposal to a publisher and they said, well, we like your idea, but it'd have to change quite a lot to make it work. 
And I said, oh, they don't want it. And I threw it away. Someone else said later, no, that was a really good response. They wanted more from you. (laughs) Oh, good. I didn't know that. So beliefs can come in at any level and stop us from that forward movement. Uh, And just the belief like it's supposed to be easy. No, it's not. (laughs) There's certain facts about the world and it's not supposed to be easy is one of them. So beliefs are the things that stop us, limit us. Or unlimit us, because there's unlimited being, unlimited beliefs as well, unlimiting beliefs. For example, I'm a sacred and worthy being, or I can create anything I set my mind to, or I'm going to take action until my my uh, until my idea comes into reality. So that's how important beliefs are. They're at the core of our of bringing anything into the world. Your website. It's called on clearyourbeliefs.com, clearyourbeliefs.com. Tell us about your website, but more importantly, tell us about the program that you have on your website that can assist people with transforming their lives by clearing their beliefs. Wonderful. I've, I've, uh, I've been on many different programs and many different uh, schools that have, have, uh, allowed me to share this with people. And the synthesis of all those sharings and all that uh, editing and, and making it better and better brought me to this seven-part recorded series where we go through seven parts of your life and you find the beliefs that are holding you back in that area. And then you clear them using one of my technologies called, we call it the belief closet process. And so the recording takes you through that process. Now it comes with coaching. So we have coaches that I've trained who take you through the process yourself and and work with you one-on-one through eight different hours of the the program so that you get one-on-one connected, someone who cares about you and helps you get through the hard stuff. Because there's a lot of hard stuff when you start exploring your subconscious mind. So, so that's what the program is. It's amazing. Uh, one, we taught this one person, uh, this process. And about two months later, I checked in and I said, how are you doing? And he said, well, I've, I've cleared 200 beliefs so far. I went, well, that's pretty good. Uh, how do you feel? He said, I don't recognize myself. He said, all the things that I've wanted to do that, I, that have been holding me back, I'm now just doing them and there's nothing holding me back. I'm There's just no resistance. I'm just getting more. I got more done in this last two months than I have in the last two years. So that's the power of this program is that when you get the stuff out of the way, your true self can actually shine in the world and, and you can express yourself fully and completely. Indeed, indeed. When people come to you and they have their issues regarding beliefs, I mean, if it's going to take away from your business by saying this, how do you assist them with overcoming their beliefs? Because to me, like I said before, that just seems very difficult. I mean, I know you say, you know, let go and I don't know. It's just difficult. <laughs> well, that's an interesting belief. That you have. <laughs> and it's probably based on your experience that you've tried letting go of beliefs. You've tried changing your beliefs, reprogramming your beliefs, and it hasn't worked. Right. Well, most of the techniques for changing your beliefs are not multidimensional. They're mostly one-dimensional. So they work just with a mental mind 
or just the verbal mind. A lot of our deepest beliefs are nonverbal because they formed in the first two years of life. Uh, some there's emotional release techniques where you cry or you shout out or you yell, yell things. And that's good for the, to get the emotions out, but it doesn't get the mental construct or the deep subconscious program out. Uh, you can beat on a pillow, you know, and for hours uh, to destroy a belief, which is great energetically and physically, but it doesn't necessarily touch the mental construct. So, in order to clear a belief completely, you have to approach it from this multidimensional perspective and clear it out multidimensionally. So we use a, a process called visualization. Uh, we're guiding people through a process where they experience their belief completely at the experiential level, and then we change the experience. And so we're changing the multidimensional experience as a whole and clearing it out in a conscious way. And it touches the subconscious mind, the conscious mind, and the superconscious mind, or our higher self. All three are involved. And so you have to get all three involved. And then when it's gone, it's really gone, and it does come back. So that's the key to the process. And it's the key to all processes that work. We're not the only ones that do multidimensional uh, belief clearing. But this I've synthesized uh, over 100 different programs that I took in order to, to find the kernel, the, the golden kernel uh, at the center of what makes it work and why. A lot of, a lot of uh, techniques work and they don't know why, it just works. But we know why, because we understand how the mind is structured, how the brain is structured, and how we form beliefs and how we clear them. Become the entrepreneur you desire by tapping into the subconscious mind. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to work on some things and have that passive income feed me for when I do retire, when I can retire, to manifest those dream vacations I want to go on. And I want to be a traveling therapist. If I was an entrepreneur, then I could just go to different places and do therapy at different spots. How can tapping into my subconscious mind help me to manifest my dreams, sir? Well, we talked about manifestation, how you have to use all of the different aspects of, of the world, right? You have to take action. You can't just manifest just by saying an affirmation over and over again, or just studying and then not taking action. So action's involved. Um, and also you need a process for clearing those old beliefs that come up. Uh, I call it the machete technique, uh, because if you're in a very dense jungle and you have a, a you know where you want to go, uh, you can't get there because there's too much stuff in the way. And that's where we are in life. We've got all these old beliefs in the way, sometimes thousands of them that we've formed over our decades of life. Well, in a jungle, if you have a machete, you can't clear the whole forest, but you can clear what's right in front of you. And then you can take a step forward. And then you've got something else in front of you. So you clear that. And you can move another step forward and you clear the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And you can get all the way to your destination just with that one machete. So our process is like that. We say this is a long term process. You're, you've got thousands of beliefs to clear. Let's get you started, give you a tool that you can use for the rest of your life. And then you can get to your destination. But if you don't have that kind of tool that can actually clear the stuff in your way, the stuff will just keep coming back and back and back in your way, in your way, in your way, and prevent you from moving forward toward your goal or your dream.
Indeed. Let me run a quick commercial and we'll come back with the final thoughts. I thrive. I thrive to be alive. I want to live a healthier lifestyle. I want to be healthier. I want to be around for my children to graduate, have children, and have their children have children. I want to be free from the disease of high blood pressure and diabetes. I thrive to be alive. I thrive to be All right, all right, all right. Goodman, please tell me, you know, any final words, any words you would like to leave the listening and watching audience regarding clearing your beliefs. The most important thing I can share is that you have beliefs, but you are not your beliefs. They're just things you accumulated through your life. They're like, uh, imagine that if you had all the clothes that you ever wore in your closet, including the diapers that were dirty when you were an infant <laughs> and all the way through your life and all the clothes you threw away and you had, you just packed them away in your closet. You'd have a big pile to clean out. Well, they're just clothes and you can clear them out. You can get rid of them. You can give them away or throw them away. And the same is true with beliefs. They aren't you. You're separate from them. You accumulated them, whether they were told to you through indoctrination or whether you came to the conclusion yourself, but they're just like clothes. They can be taken off. And that's one of the models we use in our belief closet process is we imagine what the outfit would look like if it was that belief. And then we take it off. And when you take off that belief as, a, as an imaginative outfit, you recognize, oh, this is something I took on and I can take it off. That's the empowering moment. That's the moment when you recognize who you actually are. And so what we do is we'll teach you this belief. We'll sorry, we'll teach you this technique so that you can use it for the rest of your life and you can clear all that stuff out of your way because it's not who you are. We tend to identify with our beliefs. I'm a bad person. I'm a loser. I'm, you know, I'm a frightened child. But they're just things that we we accumulated. They're not who we are. So that's my my best shot at uh, at a conclusion. Indeed, indeed. Well, thank you, Lion Goodman, regarding your perspective regarding changing your mind, clearing your beliefs, and manifesting a better outcome and better future. You can learn more about Lion Goodman and his program at clearyourbeliefs.com. That's clearyourbeliefs.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Mortar Therapy Podcast, where you can listen to interesting interviews, thoughts of the day, and things that are like. And you can subscribe to that podcast any way in which you push play to listen to your favorite podcast. Be well, be great. Thank you, Felipe. Thank you.